0: welcome to vcr a vintage cinema rewind we're bringing old movies to new viewers i'm
1: blake i'm jason move them on head them up head them up move them on move them on head them up rawhide cut them out ride them in ride them in cut them out cut them out ride them in rawhide (laughs) we're doing the blues brothers blues brothers 1980
0: oh what a classic
1: yeah very fun movie. Oh, this is one of my favorite, if not my favorite comedy of all time. It was always on my list again, but like the, the musical aspect kind of threw me off. And mm. so I, I kept like getting bumped down my list as I thought, like saw new movies and stuff. But then like it's it's classic people involved and like a classic movie. And, and what's great about this movie is not only is
0: the movie absolutely hilarious. And we'll, we'll talk about who this was for in a minute. But the movie holds up from a comedy standpoint. It's got a whole lot of history involved in it. So many historical figures involved in the filming of of the movie. Like, it's just, it's a great movie all around. Like, there's just so much that that this movie has going for it. And, you know, I, I don't have a single complaint about it. In my mind, this is a perfect movie.
1: Yeah, it, uh, it depends on which version you watch, but it can be a little bit long. I watched the extended cut, and, ah, okay, um, so like it felt a little bit dragging on in certain areas, but mm-hmm. then in certain areas it drags on to a perfect degree, which <laughs> I think is so intentional. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, which is yeah, it's so fun. It's like
0: when somebody you know has has a joke and it's like kind of funny, but they just keep like you know keep digging in and digging into the joke and it becomes
1: hilarious yeah yeah like it it becomes unfunny and then then becomes funny again yeah 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 it's like Will Ferrell like yeah some
0: classic Will Ferrell kind of stuff I was
1: just gonna say that exactly like Will like it's probably like a big inspiration for him I'm sure oh
0: absolutely like uh, this this kind of movie
1: would have inspired all
0: of the Two thousands, mid two thousands, comedians because you know the Blues Brothers is a musical comedy starring Dan Aykroyd and
1: Jim Belushi.
0: Yeah, and John Belushi.
1: John Belushi, yes. Don't Sorry, you John. bring this
0: Jim Belushi uh, down <laughs> bullshit into our <laughs> yeah fun. into our episode? No, the great legendary John Belushi together. It's two SNL alum. This you know this is not an, an SNL movie essentially, and. This would have influenced all of the films that you and I love from the early 2000s from our childhood. All of, you know, the movies from Will Ferrell, all of the Adam McKay stuff, all of mm-hmm. the um, Judd Apatow movies with Seth Rogen and John Hill, everything. All of
1: SNL and any SNL type movies that came out oh, like yeah. in the 90s and 2000s and oh, continue to sure. come out. Yeah, Like Adam Sandler. Oh, and even more so like Chris Farley, right? Like. Chris Farley
0: was heavily influenced by John Belushi, like, in his mannerisms, the type of humor, like, the the very physical type of humor, yeah. right? Yeah,
1: yeah, like, it would have given him such a, a good figure to look up to and base his stuff on, even though, like, he already had so much natural, just raw talent, but yeah. uh, giving him something to, like, go towards a little bit.
0: Yeah, and unfortunately, in in more than one way, the good and the bad. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Go into a plot summary then, eh?
0: Yes, so this is also just the primer episode, so this is going to be a a spoiler-free discussion of this beautiful comedy, and we'll dig into all our favorite comedy bits in the second part, the deep dive of The Blues Brothers, which will be coming out a week after this episode.
1: Alright, so The Blues Brothers is a ridiculous 1980s movie about two brothers dressed head-to-toe in black on a journey to get the band back together.
0: A journey from God.
1: (laughs) Uh, So they want to put on one big show and make 5K to save their orphanage that they grew up in. Massive ensemble cast here, like we said, based on John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd's SNL characters that uh, they created like fairly like they created the characters and then made this movie like fairly quickly I feel I, I don't actually know do you
0: Yeah they created the characters in the mid 70s I think around 78 or so and that's when they they actually got a band together uh was the other kind of big component of this because mm-hmm. well, well you know what? let's talk all the history about that in the deep dive episode but you know this is this is a crucial a crucially important film for SNL for comedy for music and even for cars as well which we'll talk about later and action movies
1: yeah and so the the characters they created was in 1978 and then they made the movie in uh, 1980 just because they were so funny and such like a great character trope that they were playing at and the music itself
0: is actually really good as well. And they actually did do some concerts some tours and stuff like yeah. that. You can even catch them occasionally even now. The band is still together.
1: Yeah, and they, they bring in, just like in the movie, so many great musical artists to like collab with.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. Like This would be an event worth going to. If I ever saw that the Blues Brothers were playing in Ontario, I'd be there in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. You also don't think about, like, how... So the music of of the film, it's the Blues Brothers, so it's obviously, you know, heavily influenced blues, jazz. There's a bit of rock and roll, a little bit of country involved in here. But, you know, jazz is just so influential to so many different types of music, and and a lot of the mainstream stuff that is really popular today is kind of derived from jazz and blues,
1: right? Yeah, and there's so much... um that like comedy goes in with that too because Mm. uh it's so off the cuff and like creative so i think that makes sense why they loved it
0: and it's such a classic comedy like yeah like let's let's talk really quickly all of the characters and people you should know and then i really want to discuss with you whether the film holds up today still and you know who the movie is for because i think that's actually going to be a really interesting discussion
1: yeah yeah it's uh tough to say like we'll have to get into that for sure where do you want to go first? So I want to talk characters
0: and people you may know. So John Belushi, one of the most famous stars comedians of the late '70s and the early '80s, before you know, he unfortunately passed away at 33 of an overdose. Have you seen a John Belushi movie before? Is this your first time experiencing John Belushi?
1: Uh, I think technically this is my first time like yeah i think so yeah
0: cool before i'd seen this movie i did see animal house and he definitely carries that film as well and yeah. you know people growing up around the same time period that we grew up in you know we know chris farley is the obvious person that i think about uh similar comedian to him and so if you're a big chris farley fan like me you know you're gonna naturally be attracted to somebody like
1: john belushi was he in a uh, L- little shop of horrors is that, like, no. wasn't he supposed to be? Or is that...
0: Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of films that John Belushi was supposed to be the guy for before he passed away. And we'll talk about that in Legacy, actually, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the deep dive. Because he was a big hole of the 80s. I think the 80s would have been a very different time for movies if, if he had been able to keep his drug problems under control. The brother are i guess we should have said too that uh, oh so his character yeah john yeah john belushi is also playing the character of juliet jake uh blues of the blues brother brothers like they're, they're two brothers that grew up in an orphanage together i i love how at the beginning of the film they have their names like on their fist it's like one of the yeah. first gags of the film is like it says jake over the four knuckles and then elwood has to be spread against both uh hands yeah yeah <laughs> So speaking of Elwood, Elwood Blues is played by Dan Aykroyd, the other brother, uh, who you most likely, especially for Canada, because he's a Canadian comedian, would know his name, but most famous from Ghostbusters, obviously, uh, big, important SNL, original cast member, I believe. And he was also famous for Coneheads. He's been in dozens of com- comedy movies between the 70s right up into the 2020s like he was in the most recent Ghostbusters film that Paul Rudd starred in which was okay but mm. he, he he makes a lot of appearances here and there in comedies today still
1: yeah he's just like a he just does smaller stuff now I feel and but he's always people revere him because he was so big
0: yeah yeah so important to the 80s as well and Then we get into like the just massive cast and crew of this film. And I'm just going to list off, I think, a lot of the important actors of the film and, you know, the musical appearances and the uh, actor actress appearances that happen throughout the film. The only person that I do want to mention who's relatively vital to the whole story is Cab Calloway one of the Hmm. musical appearances, he kind of plays like the fatherly figure to the Blues Brothers. He was the janitor maintenance guy at the orphanage where they grew up in. You know, we see them early on when they go and visit them. He really took them under his wing, taught them all the music, taught them how to play the instruments and everything. and, and kind of, basically passed on his appreciation for this kind of music to them and he's a real famous musician from the (laughs) 30s 40s and 50s and he we actually get a number from his that made him the most famous he actually gets to perform it as well later on the film which is really cool
1: yeah Minnie the moocher
0: Minnie the moocher yeah one of my favorites of of the film for sure
1: and yeah just like as i was watching this because i i didn't know that much about it besides the few like quotes that are like super popular i was just watching this movie and i was like wait a minute that's like james brown that's cab Calloway. like cab Calloway. i was like i know that voice because i have listened to like a fair amount of blues but and then um yeah just, ray like, charles man yeah ray charles shows aretha up aretha
0: franklin yeah and so these names you might not be able to put the face to them necessarily but as soon as they start singing you know it it starts to connect what's really great about this film is on the end credits they do one of those like end credits where each person gets a a screenshot of who they are and and Mm -hmm. their name underneath so you can kind of connect the person to the music afterwards there's a lot of respect for the genres that they're portraying and the people they're
1: portraying and if you watch this like in theaters you would have known everybody oh and sure. it would have been like crazy to see them in a movie especially like a comedy movie based on snl like and snl was such a phenomenon but anyways yeah there was john candy um who else so do you want to talk musical appearances first or actor appearances first I was just going everywhere. So if you want right. to go in a I, certain I've
0: got the list of musical appearances here. We've mentioned James Brown already, Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin. And then we've got the group of guys who are in the Magic Stones. Yeah. And so that's Steve the Colonel Cropper, Donald Duck Dunn, Willie Too Big Hall, Tom Bones Malone, Blue Lou Marini. And then we've got later on McIntyre Murphy, Mr. Fabulous Alan Rubin, and John, actually, John Lee Hooker even makes an appearance later on in the film. We've got Twiggy, Chaka Khan, and Joe Walsh even has
1: a brief appearance from the Eagles.
0: So there is like so many, so many names there to chew on.
1: Just peppered in there. Uh, Did you mention you haven't done actors yet? We haven't done actors. Yeah, Do you want to send, yeah. say a few of the actors, and
0: and we've got some important directors involved in this as oh, well. Oh
1: no way! I, I didn't even look into that. There's so much going on, but uh, so I just noticed Paul Rubin, who uh, yes is Pee-wee. Pee-wee yeah, who unfortunately,
0: just passed away.
1: Yeah, yeah, very recently. And then uh, John Candy, who mm-hmm. is like hand in hand with John Belushi, and yeah, like that time. Yeah, another big
0: influence for somebody like Chris Farley for sure.
1: Carrie Fisher. Yeah, Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Like that would have been absolutely massive that she was in there. And like coming off the Star Wars, man? Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Carrie Fisher, a lot of like, you know, the serious actors of a lot of just serious actors in general are also like really good at comedic timing. And Carrie Fisher has a great performance in this one. Yeah, really fun. And then I actually I'll talk about a little bit of the directors that make appearances did you notice steven spielberg's in this film no he plays the cook county assessor so at the very end of the film when they paid the five thousand, spoiler oh yeah okay that was him i didn't recognize him either because no you know my mental image of steven spielberg is like 50s 60s 70s Spielberg not like Spielberg would have been like 30 years old maybe at this point in time like when he made Jaws he was in his 20s right so this is a really young Steven Spielberg yeah yeah wow there's also Frank Oz in this film
1: I saw that he's at the beginning
0: yeah he is the uh corrections officer
1: that intro to what uh Jake's character is like yes. what he had in his pockets as he was oh going my God. into jail. So funny. That, that was so funny. And it's one of those
0: jokes that continues on, like we were saying, and it gets funnier as it goes because of all the ridiculous stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. So Frank Oz is actually a name that you might not have heard of before, but trust me, he is so important to your childhood. He was the guy, one of the creators of the Muppets with Jim Henson, the dark crystal he directed the star wars the og star wars films like hmm. one of the most important directors of the
1: 80s by a mile we wouldn't know him i don't know if anybody at that time really knew him so like he probably was just i don't know why he why was he included i know he's huge for that time he must but, like, have would been people friends have with really the director, known? yeah right? yeah yeah so like this just... was such a fun set to be on i'm sure just because you're getting everybody
0: it was chaos and we will talk about that later in the deep dive discussion because yeah it was it was basically a big party on set all day every day especially (laughs) with with uh john belushi being around oh yeah (laughs) when he was available (laughs) yeah (laughs) so let's talk the director as well really briefly john landis a director that's very important to that time period has somewhat fallen out of favor at this point. Like, you know, he was the director who also did National Lampoon's Animal House. He has an American (laughs) Werewolf in London, Trading Places, Three Amigos, like all of the big comedies of the 80s, really. He was the guy. He also directed Thriller, like Michael Jackson's music video. Crazy. Yeah. A little bit of, you know, a, a checkered past. He he directed parts of the twilight zone film and <laughs> he was acquitted for the death of somebody on set, but all of the incident around it, like Steven Spielberg and him were very good friends beforehand. And they stopped speaking after that and all of the incident around it. So like I said, he was acquitted there like he wasn't charged, or, you know, the charges were eventually thrown out or whatever, but yeah, it's a little bit of a checkered past. <laughs> uh, so probably somebody that the name that you don't actually know as much about anymore yeah. all right who is this movie for does it hold up to a modern watch and that's that's the first question i'm going to pose to you does this movie hold up in 2023
1: ah i would say some of it <laughs> like hmm. if you could watch this in parts like if i don't know i think like a you would need a modern edit or something like that for it to work but yeah we might have to talk to
0: or talk in this the deep dive about maybe what you found didn't hold up necessarily
1: yeah because like there's some like there's a quite a bit of comedy that does hold up but then some doesn't and then just the the long cuts the long scenes and stuff like that like it right. can get a little bit much but... Yeah, cuz I think a lot of movies of this era and this
0: this type of comedy end up, you know, being a really tight 90 minute, hour and a half type film, yeah. right? And this one being just over 2 hours, being about 2 hours and 15 minutes, it does feel a little bit longer, you know, it's probably closer to like a Judd Apatow length comedy mm. and there there's always issues, you know, trying to keep the comedy fresh throughout the film, right?
1: Yeah, and I watched the extended cut, which is 15 more minutes Mm -hmm. of probably... Like, they were probably cutting some of the things to make it connect more, make it quicker. But um, that definitely affected a little bit.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen the extended edition actually before. So I actually can't speak to, like, what's being added, essentially, and and whether or not that is maybe where you were struggling with a little bit but what i can speak to is in in my opinion i think you know if you're watching the original theatrical cut of the film i think for the most part this film holds up extraordinarily well and part of the reason why it holds up is because this isn't a mean-spirited comedy at any point mm. as well right the there's no jokes that are edgy or that you know would be considered racist or sexist per se or or you know just not in the common the contemporary taste yeah. of moviegoers like there, there really isn't anything horrifying about this film that that really you know makes you go ooh, like they shouldn't have said that kind of thing
1: yeah but uh, just to like i agree with that but at the same time there's nothing that really just like makes you fall out of your chair laughing
0: I I will say there is one scene in particular that gets me every time
1: I watch hmm. this film. The first well,
0: time I watched this film, there's one scene that made me cry I was laughing so hard. Huh,
1: nice. Okay. So uh, yeah, well, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing about that.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit to the, you know, the taste of what your comedy is like, right? Like I grew up heavily grew up around the films Ghostbusters Indiana Jones like a lot of the 80s influences right yeah and so my comedy is more skewed towards like a Dan Aykroyd Bill Murray type of humor Chevy Chase humor Mm -hmm. so this kind of really feels at home to me but you know if if you're not as up on on that specific time period of comedy yeah you know what maybe maybe this doesn't quite click for you right away like it does for me
1: yeah, and that's where, like, I, I really enjoyed it and I was laughing. And, like, there are parts that I really love, but I think for a modern audience, it's going to be a tough sell unless you're going into this with the mindset of you're watching, like, something that's, like, movie history and enjoy it for, like, watching a John Belushi performance that was just awesome and, like, the Dan Aykroyd style of comedy especially like for canadians because you can hear his canadian yes like yes, accent so strongly and um yeah I, th- I think it's like a culturally important movie
0: it'd be interesting because i know my parents are big fans of this movie but it'd be interesting to show somebody like our friend calvin this who is not into older movies and see if this holds up to him because you know, I'm I'm certainly biased on this, on a movie like yeah. this. And so, you know, maybe some experimentation is needed. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I think, in my opinion, who's this movie for? Well, in my opinion, this is one of the best musical comedies ever made. I, I can't think of too many more musical comedies that I would go to before I, I'd land on this. I've honestly made this at this point. It's an annual watch for me. I think I'm... I've been watching it for the last four to six years every year, once a year, because I I, I love it so much. <laughs> it's it's also just a little bit of nostalgia for me. But, you know, not only is this a movie for people who love comedy, but again, it's a music or it's a movie for musicians. Like, this just has so many important historical figures in it. Like, it just becomes like a time capsule of yeah, all of these people. Like, I, I can't even believe, you know... Coming at this movie in the 2010s when I started watching it, I couldn't believe, like, Ray Charles was alive for something like this, right? Like, yeah. that just blew my mind when I was like, oh, my God, that's Ray Charles. Like, yeah. it's so so cool to see all of these very important figures to jazz yeah. and blues.
1: And the scene with where they have John Lee Hooker playing uh, Boom Boom in mm. the marketplace, mm-hmm. like, that was such a cool thing for me because I love that song and I had like no idea that he was going to be in this I was like oh my god it's John Lee Hooker and like just if you don't care about music it's a cool scene because you just see like pure 80s like New York or Chicago like busyness like just uh, like the backdrop of all the people was so cool to see like the city as it was like fully alive back in that day
0: this is a love letter to chicago just as much as it's a love letter to the musicians that inspired um dan Aykroyd and john belushi yeah yeah so the other thing that i'll say as well is this movie is also kind of a low-key like car driving movie yeah yeah which I, I hadn't I never really considered that until this watch where I was like, There's a lot of time spent in the car, on the road, going from one place to another, shenanigans ensuing. There's, you know, playing music with your buddies in the car, mm. fun, crazy car chases like some of the biggest car chases ever on film
1: happen yeah. in this comedy. Which and, is wild. And they just go on for so long and it gets funny. <laughs> like it's they hilarious. get like
0: more and more crazy and ridiculous as yeah. they go. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about, actually, little details of each of the car chases that I always really appreciate on every rewatch of this film. Because yeah, no this doubt. film is very rewatchable as a comedy, in
1: my opinion. I think so, too. I don't know if I would go yearly, but I might. I might yeah. after this. We'll see. So, I guess the
0: other thing to understand my comedic taste. Like, if I'm putting comedies on a pedestal, this one's up there for me with... Like the Big Lebowski, like that. The Big Lebowski and this are the two movies that, if I'm scrolling through Netflix and I haven't come up with what to watch yet, if I land on one of these two, I'm gonna giggle to myself and I'm click, click and play. Yeah, yeah. Every time, every you, time.
1: You would for sure. Yeah. I see that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So th- those are my comedic tastes. to Kind of understand where mm. I'm coming from with this. When to watch? This is a great late night comedy. Yeah. Like this is when. This is meant to be watched as a late night comedy. It's co- it's grown actually as a cult film for late night comedies as well. So you probably could catch this, you know, if you're flicking through TV channels, if you have TV channels in 2023, <laughs> right you're now your
1: grandma's house or something. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. If your grandma has a uh, VHS tape oh. of this, I'm coming over to your grandma's house to watch this with her. Where to watch. Unfortunately, this isn't streaming on anything. You have to rent it so i rented it through youtube this was on netflix like two or three years ago because that's one of the first times that i caught it or second time or whatever so
1: yeah hopefully it pops back up every once in a while because it's such a classic
0: yeah you know this could even make an appearance on tubi this would be a great film to pop on tubi at some point i would be surprised by that so yeah kind of just just if you if you're not willing to pay the money to rent it just you know have an eye for it and and check it out when it comes to your streaming platform because it's really i think in my opinion it's worth the watch
1: yeah definitely
0: and that's it for the spoiler free discussion so if you're interested in this film go check it out come back next week and we're gonna dive head on into spoilers what we liked maybe what didn't hold up in your opinion as much and and just dive into all the background of the making of the movie forward to it cool all right until next time